0: Hey community, in today's episode, David Falsgraf from Sunday Sounds joins Matt McCoy to share his three tips for leading worship from keys. This is a super helpful interview, whether you're a keys player or if you have a keys player on your worship team, we hope you enjoy.
1: What's up everybody and welcome to this week's edition of Loop Live. My name is Matt McCoy. I'm the founder of loopcommunity.com. I'm a worship leader, I'm an Ableton Live certified trainer, and I lead worship from acoustic guitar, but occasionally, I'll lead worship from piano, although I would say it's more so my secondary instrument. And if you're like me, you need tips on how to lead worship from piano, from keys. And I thought, who else would be better to bring in than David Falzegraff, the man himself behind Sunday Sounds? David has immense knowledge about keys, patches, leading a band, leading a team, and leading worship from keys. And so we're gonna talk today about just three tips for leading worship from keys. I'm really excited about this conversation with David. If you guys have any questions at all, we're also gonna be answering questions live. So if you have questions, type them in the comment box. We'll highlight them and uh, David will answer them in our our conversation. So make sure you like, subscribe to this channel so you can be, uh, updated on when we're doing other future loop live shows but without further ado here is david falscraft david
0: hey matt how's it going
1: how's it going man so good to see you
0: it's good to see you too you doing well
1: yeah very good it's a beautiful day here in chicago i appreciate you taking the time to talk about tips from leading worship tips for leading worship from keys
0: yeah thanks for the invite i'm excited to talk about it
1: you're the man to talk about this. So for those of the people who are watching that don't know, David runs sundaysounds.com. How would you describe Sunday Sounds? Give us a little pitch on that.
0: Oh man, we create resources for worship keys players and worship leaders who are trying to empower the keys player at their church. My background is in leading worship, and I had a hard time making my keys players feel like they could contribute to the bands that I was leading. So I discovered this whole world of Using software to give your keys players better tools, easier to use resources and better sounds um, a long time back and just figured out how to do that as I went as a worship leader. And eventually it turned into Sunday Sounds where we try and create resources that are, you know, generally helpful that are going to save people time, empower and excite, you know, the keys players on their team. So we create patches and sounds and templates uh, to hopefully make that a little bit easier and more fun for the keys players in the band.
1: Yeah, it's awesome. You guys have hundreds and hundreds of patches. Any song yeah. out there, right? Yeah, that's right. So I lead worship, I said this a little bit in the intro, but I lead worship from acoustic guitar. I would say I'm not, I'm not for sure not as comfortable leading worship from keys as I am from guitar. So I need all the help I can get for transitioning to if I'm going to be playing you know, keys, playing on a Nord, mm-hmm. um, or even a grand piano. I was at a church a couple months ago where they had me lead from a grand piano. Uh, so there weren't any fancy patches or sounds or anything. I was just, you know, it was a Steinway. It was awesome. Yeah. But, I want, but we're going to talk today about three tips you have for leading worship from keys. And uh, can you let's go ahead and start with tip number one. What's, what's a tip you've got for us?
0: Yeah, so full disclosure, if I'm going to lead from one instrument to the other, I might lean towards guitar oftentimes as well. Because uh, the piano, the keyboard is not as mobile of an instrument, right? You're a little bit tied down in physical space to yeah. the keyboard. And oftentimes the, the keyboard, the piano is doing this sort of gluing thing, right? Where it's really important that you're there prominently in the mix doing what you're supposed to be doing. Versus if you're you know leading from acoustic guitar, sometimes it's not as big of a deal if you take your hands off the instrument for a verse and you know lead people in raising their hands or just take a break musically. But when you're leading from the piano and the keyboard, sometimes the stakes can feel a little bit higher, like the musical part of your contribution is more important or it'll be more noticeable if you don't do something particular. So the first tip that I like to focus on when I do lead from the piano, from keys, is to try and plan out those moments of transition where if I were just playing keys, the the piano or the, the keys would probably be handling that transition for the whole ba- the whole band. Maybe that's transitioning from one song into the next or a key change or playing underneath a prayer or at the end of a service. Those moments, if you're just playing keys, you're totally focused on making that transition smooth. If you're also leading worship, you're kind of pulled in two different directions of making sure the band knows what's coming next, make sure that you're leading the congregation into the next moment or leading them maybe out of the worship set. So I think that the first tip if you're going to be doing both of those things is to practice those moments where you know you're going to be pulled in two different directions. So if you've got a key change that you need to nail do everything you can to memorize that key change so that you don't need the chord chart and you don't need to be looking down at your hands in that moment. Or if it's a transition from an up-tempo song to a slow song, make sure that you're really comfortable handling that smoothly so that You don't start the next song faster or slower than you should. Just get really comfortable practicing the musical transition so that in the moment you can focus on more of the ministry transition or opportunity that might be present. I found that if I don't overthink or overpractice a little bit, it feels like, then those moments can end up being really distracting to me or, or really tense where even before that transition comes up, I might already be thinking about it for that last minute beforehand and realize that I'm not as present in worship during that time. So mm. when you're leading, I think it's really important to maybe lean towards more preparation than normal, um, acknowledge that that pressure to do the piano thing, do the pads thing well is there, but you also have a responsibility towards the, the, big, the bigger picture of what you're trying to accomplish, not just musically, but spiritually. So
1: let's back up for a second and first define what are keys. When we say keys, are we talking about piano? Or are you talking about playing pads, synths, roads? Like if you're leading worship, let's yeah. just say you're not the band director, but you're actually the, the guy responsible for leading worship, leading the band and the congregation in worship. Mm-hmm. What is probably the best thing to be playing? Is it just piano or?
0: Man, that... You know, two years ago, I probably would have said, you know, just piano and pads. Yeah. And today I see so many churches running smaller volunteer teams than they maybe normally would. Or they're, you know, they're, they're trying to, to cover more space musically than they would have a year or a year and a half ago. So sometimes the worship leader might have to choose to leave some space empty in order to make sure they can still focus on the big picture of what they're trying to do. That actually leads right into my second tip, which was just to try and keep things simple whenever possible, even if it means making some sacrifices or concessions musically. Maybe you don't nail that really cool lead part that you're totally capable of playing because you want to make sure that you are focusing on the impact of the lyrics that you're singing and the room and making sure you're paying attention to how people are engaging or not engaging in worship. Um, So when you have to lead worship, and play keys at the same time or play piano i think it is worth making maybe the tough choice to simplify things down to just a piano maybe just a pad Um, similar to you know if you're going to lead from guitar you're probably not going to be stomping on pedals as much as you typically would if you were just playing guitar or trying to play really cool arpeggiado arpeggiated acoustic guitar licks you know during the the down moments in the same way you're going to strip things back when you're leading from keys or piano you want something that's sort of a lead instrument that can complement what you're doing vocally instead of distract or get in the way of what you're trying to do probably more than if you're just playing keys or piano
1: yeah that's interesting and then if you just are playing piano you can let the tracks or another musician in your band cover the rest pads or synths or yeah, roads
0: and you have to be comfortable letting that stuff go you know finding another way to fill the right amount of space letting other people on your band or letting technology like tracks fill that space for you has got to be acceptable just because you're leading worship doesn't mean that you also need to be the lead musician a hundred percent of the time every Mm -hmm. band is different so sometimes you have to fill that space maybe maybe there's only two or three people in your band Um, but there's still ways that you can make sure the biggest priority the number one priority which is making sure people have an opportunity to engage, that they feel encouraged, um, make sure that that stays the main thing.
1: That's actually what I loved about leading at that church a couple months ago, just from the grand piano, is it was so simple. Like there were no buttons, no knobs, no software, no other sounds I could pick from. I just had a grand piano Steinway to choose from. And the simplicity of that did kind of relax me and let me just kind of focus on leading. Singing, playing more simply.
0: Yeah, I think it's tempting to think that because we have software or hardware that can do really cool, complicated keys stuff, really interesting piano and lead parts, it's tempting to think that we should bring that when we're leading worship as well to make sure that things sound really full, to make sure that we're sort of maximizing our impact. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think that there's a real Uh, strength in being honest and humble enough to say that, you know, I can, maybe I can do this. Maybe it's possible for me to leverage all of all that I know how to do to pull off this balancing act. But if I'm going to lean towards one direction or the other, I'm always going to want to make more space for the pastoral component of what we're there to do than the musical component. Right. Um, The scary thing is, To make that decision sometimes you can hide behind how good things sound or how much space you're filling can can be a really good feeling if you're on stage you feel like things are full sounding and like all of those bases are covered Um, i'm not advocating against full sounding bands but if you have to make a choice like you said sometimes the simplicity of you're not hiding behind anything here we're really able to focus on what we're trying to do me as the worship leader i'm really intentionally focusing on this moment not just musically, but spiritually and vocally. Um, I think that's important, but it's yeah. very tempting when you feel like you are being asked to wear two hats to try to wear both of them fully. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that's just not realistic.
1: It's kind of that principle of less is more, You know, just because you can doesn't mean you should. If you can throw every sound and bells and whistle in there, it doesn't mean you really should do that. I think we also, all have that guy on the worship team who kind of just plays 100% from the start of the song all the way to the end of the song. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh man, like, let's have some dynamics, you know? Like, you don't, maybe don't come in at all until the second chorus and then come in and then drop out on the bridge. And I think that if you are used to leading worship from acoustic, where you might be playing a lot more, when you yep. switch to keys, you have to, like, almost rethink of when you should be playing. You know, you may not play the entire time.
0: Absolutely. And I think that um, if I'm going to lead worship from keys versus just play keys for a worship set, I might play completely different parts, different notes on the keyboard. Even if I'm using the same sort of core sound, if it's just a piano and a pad, I'm still going to probably practice playing that a little bit more simply so that I'm not having to look down at my hands on every chord change. Um, so that I'm not super focused on making sure I, I hit that really complicated inversion when the bridge drops. That's something that I think is worth thinking about up front as well. Because in the moment, you're probably just going to do whatever feels like what you would normally do or uh, what's going to be more full sounding. Um, practicing that restraint, um, not just with the sounds, but with the parts, regardless of the sounds. Mm-hmm. Um, is going to free you up even more to be able to focus on the moment, to be able to focus on the big picture. Yeah, that's so good.
1: What What other tips do you have for us?
0: So the third or tip... What's the third tip? Yeah, the, this third tip that I came up with sort of sums up the big picture of of what I think this conversation is is most important in this conversation. Uh, and that's just to focus on the congregation first. Um when you're on stage when you're leading worship no matter what instrument you're playing or even if you have no instrument at all um, it can be challenging sometimes um, especially if you're not really comfortable in what you're doing Um, maybe it's a new song or maybe you're not typically the only one leading out front um, or maybe you're just having an off week it's it's tempting to be more focused on what's going on on stage Kind of separate from what's happening off stage instead of viewing the the connection between the stage and the congregation as this sort of back and forth right mm-hmm. um, as the worship leader, you know the name implies that you're going to be leading people somewhere mm-hmm. um, but you can you can do that really intentionally or you can kind of say you know subconsciously and we're going to do what we do and then kind of hope people come along with us. Um, I think that when I'm at maybe my maybe not my most intentional as a worship leader I find myself more comfortable leading the band and then hoping that the congregation follows the band instead of being comfortable sort of going straight to the congregation and saying like a posture of hey let's all go here together let's let's do something together let's have a moment here um yeah. it's Maybe it feels a little semantic to to make that distinction, but I think for myself, I have definitely gone through entire sets where I was really satisfied with the way the band sounded, everybody nailed their parts, felt really tight. But if I was honest with myself, it, it didn't feel like it was maybe as impactful or as much of an open space for the congregation as it could have been. On the other side of that, I've had sets where Maybe the band just wasn't quite clicking or we missed that transition that we practiced for a long time, but the congregation just opened up and really pressed into that space and had a a really meaningful experience and time of worship. So those first two tips that I mentioned, practicing transitions, keeping things really simple, are so that you can focus less on leading the band, less on just the stage, and more on the entire room, the opportunity for your whole church, your body of believers to come together, um, and hopefully under your leadership, um, you know, reach a really meaningful space of expression of worship together. So, yeah,
1: that's a that, that's a great tip. I was going to say to kind of go along with that. The thing that I like about leading worship from guitar is that I feel like I can move and mm. have a little bit more energy. And it almost seems like sometimes the congregation will match how much energy you're giving them <laughs> yep. in some ways. And yep. when I'm play- when I'm leading from piano, I feel chained down. I feel like yes. I'm like stuck. And you, you know, that's if you're sitting. But I think even if I've, if I've stood at a keyboard, I feel like I'm chained down. I, it needs both of my hands. So it makes it harder to kind of like lead. Um, yeah. And it feels way more difficult to have any sort of like energy. Like you're really like yes. leading the room. Yeah. And so when you're thinking about, you know, that tip of focusing on the congregation first, you know, devoting more energy to pastoral leadership opportunities, how do you do that from keys if you're kind of chained down to this piano bench?
0: I mean, I think the obvious answer is to buy a keytar and then just <laughs> lead from the guitar. Yeah, totally. <laughs> um, no jokes aside. I think you mentioned the physicality, right? And I think that that is a real potential pitfall of leading from the keyboard. Not just can you not move around, but you've also got this big thing cutting you off from the congregation visually, yeah. right? I mean, it's it's cutting you in half. You're kind of behind it. sort of feels a little less connected it to the congregation. It just feels like a downer
1: to me for some <laughs> yeah.
0: reason. So I think... Um, there's always going to be some element of that where that's something you have to intentionally push through or work around. What I found that um, maybe is just a helpful thing for me to think about beforehand when I know I'm going to be walking on stage and instead of having a guitar in hand and being able to jump around during the instrumental and that sort of thing, when I know I'm not going to be able to do that, I think whatever I can't give to this time of worship physically, uh, whatever energy I can't put into that, I need to try and put more energy into the mental component, into my body language, into my facial expressions. Yeah. Um, being really intentional about keeping those eyes open when you, when you want to be connecting with the congregation, keeping your gaze out towards everybody that's, that's participating in the service. Those body language things are, are really important, maybe even more important when you can't just jump back and forth to have some energy on a fast song. Or you can't just raise both hands when you want to encourage the congregation to do the same. Mm -hmm. You know, what what could you do in terms of, you know, maybe just encouraging with your voice in between songs? Um, Maybe you put a little bit more energy into that. Maybe being really intentional about I can't put a lot of physical body language energy into this service if I'm behind the piano. What can I do with that energy instead? Um, Mm -hmm. And. Rather than just trying to like manically smile and be frantic like the whole time, you know, maybe if this is something that you've struggled with in the past or you felt like any time I lead from the piano, it just feels flat. Maybe try and come up with one sort of optimization or idea that you want to try the next time that you lead from the piano and just do that one thing and put a little extra energy into that. Maybe plan out a scripture reading or you know, just decide that you're going to practice a moment where you can play chords with one hand and, and raise your other hand. Hmm. Um, the next time, you know, you, you lead worship, try and notice if you find yourself looking down at the keyboard and commit an extra 15 minutes to practicing those chords before the next service so that you can look up a little bit more. Um, you know, it. I I led worship from acoustic guitar for years and years before I started leading from piano and I felt like it was so much more challenging and honestly less fun because I had to think about it so much more. Um, That didn't mean that it wasn't worth doing. It did mean that it was a long path to get really comfortable doing it to where it felt like a tool instead of a barrier to me being able to lead well.
1: That's awesome. I'm so glad you went there with the uh, having to overcompensate more so in facial expressions. You know, because with an acoustic guitar, you can also kind of just fade off and close your eyes and just focus on playing. But I do think there's another way then that you can lead from piano, you know, mm-hmm. without having to be super physical.
0: Yeah, I think so. It, it just takes sort of a different line of thinking, and especially yeah. if you are coming from leading from guitar. Yeah. Um, it, it feels pretty radically different when you're first getting into it. But it's a skill that you can build up with practice.
1: Totally. And I was going to say the other thing that feels radical is when you move from acoustic to keyboard, you're way more exposed for mistakes. Like there's a lot more notes you can hit that are very exposed. Where like with a guitar, like it's, mistakes are a little bit more hidden. I feel like, especially if you're just doing you know <laughs> G shapes the whole set. Yep. Yep. Mistakes are a little bit more hidden, and so with piano keys, you've got to be way more practiced, and I feel like more comfortable with playing especially if you're wanting to like close your eyes at all like you kind of need to be familiar with you know where you're going and yeah, i think that's probably it's a, just a practice makes perfect thing right
0: i think practice is a huge component and i think also being willing to humble yourself and say i can play this if i'm looking at my keyboard i cannot play this and, and pastor my congregation well hmm. so i'm gonna i'm gonna hold the one in the five and i'm gonna play the bass notes yeah. Cuz that's what I'm capable of doing while still being yeah. a good worship leader. Right. And then the next time, maybe I'm going to hold the 1 and the 5 and I'm going to play the 3 when the 1 chord happens. Yeah. You know, like being being okay with accepting and embracing your limitations and saying, "What can I do to make the most of what I'm really truly capable of?" While also not allowing myself to pretend that I can really nail these keys parts without sacrificing that connection to the whole church to what's happening in the space
1: yeah that's good are there any resources that you'd recommend for someone like me who maybe is used to leading worship from acoustic but now is leading worship more from piano and just wants to get better at playing better worship piano is there, are there any resources you've got on that Videos um, or...
0: We've yeah we've got some some videos on our uh, blog at Sunday Sounds where we teach these sort of basic we call them like altar call progressions and it, hmm. the concept is it's it's sort of a like a like a guitar riff would be yeah. like something that you could put over any song any moment and the idea is that if you can just sort of get those little basic motifs and, and ideas in your muscle memory then you can sort of rattle them off. At, at a moment's notice any time. Um, and, you know, of course, if you're in a different key, then you have to practice being able to play that, you know, fluently in, in different keys. But I found that, that muscle memory for piano um, is a challenging thing, but such a necessary skill um, mm-hmm. to be able to really fluidly lead worship, cover the parts that you need to cover. So if yeah. anybody wanted to check those videos out, they could. But outside of that, I honestly think just the real fundamental chord positions that that are on the piano. I mean, you mentioned G-shape for guitar, right? I mean, just learn your root position, first inversion, second inversion for piano, Uh and then just get comfortable moving through those. Just like a guitarist would capo any fret and play in G. That's gonna be home base for the piano player or keys player who wants to start leading from the instrument.
1: Yeah, I'll I'll say that that's the thing that I've found difficult is you know there's a lot of songs i play in b flat when i play acoustic guitar but yep. when i'm leading them from piano i'm like all right we're doing this song now in a uh, key of c <laughs> or the key of a because b yep. flat like throws me off so much um, it's tough or i guess i could do the key of b but
0: it's or not as easy as just throwing a capo on.
1: well yeah you're right <laughs> i could just hit the transpose button but is that cheating well,
0: or is like a capo, a capo che- on? isn't a capo cheating i feel like if it if it's if it's whether you feel like you're cheating musically or you're able to lead the congregation, well, I pick the congregation.
1: It's a good question, David, because <laughs> I would say that the capo, to me, for some reason, it doesn't feel like cheating because I think what I'm thinking about when I put a capo on is I'm thinking of just different voicings. I'm right. like, yeah, I could play this. I could play this in the key of E without a capo, or I could capo a five. Wait, now I'm. No, I'm lost. Is 5 key E? No, 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 no. Oh, keep of 4, or I would play the capo 4 and then play it in the key C.
0: Right, right.
1: And it would just be a different voicing. I'd still be in the key E. I see it more of as like an artistic choice, where it seems like hitting the transpose button on a piano, to me, for some reason, Def- feels for definitely, sure I mean, like Yeah, key you're a.
0: not getting that difference in the timbre or the tone of the piano. You're just making it easier, right? Yeah. And I think there's a distinction there, for sure. So... I personally don't advocate folks getting in the habit of transposing long term to yeah. one key or two keys that are like home base keys for them. But if you find yourself needing to fill yeah. that space um and for whatever reason maybe you don't want to just change the key of the the whole band or maybe the rest of the band really knows it in a, a given key. Um you know, I think it's okay to to make those sorts of concessions especially if it's so that you can focus more on the leadership component of what you're there to do. Yeah. Right. Um, Make that a long-term goal to get comfortable in all of those other keys so that you don't have to do that. But if you're, if that's the thing holding you back from Mm -hmm. leading from keys at all, I think it's worth considering making some of those concessions once in a while so that you can focus more on the ministry that you're trying to do.
1: It's good. Hit the transpose button, but don't forget that it's on (laughs) when you move on to the (laughs) next song.
0: That will get you for sure.
1: I've done that. Do you ever play with the transpose button ever?
0: Uh, Not typically. I'll use it to practice sometimes if I've got really complex, like, chord triggers already programmed. And I just want to play along to a a song that's in a different key than I originally learned it in. But when it comes time to be on stage, for me, I'd rather not have to remember transposes on, spend some more time up front learning, and then be able to engage I also find that if I'm transposed, it gets really hard for me to communicate with the rest of the band, because now we're talking in two different keys, right? If I need to tell everybody, no, it's not this chord, it's that chord, I have to transpose in my head yeah. before I can even have that conversation like back to the original key. So I think it's a good goal to not rely on transpose long term for anybody who wants to really be fluent um, in the skill. but. In the interim, or if you're just getting started, again, I think it's okay once in a while if you do it intentionally instead of just because you didn't feel like practicing.
1: Right, right. Have you ever seen that video of Martin Smith where he's leading from a keyboard and then he like puts his Bible down on it and it like hits the demo play it's button? the demo. <laughs> <laughs> and he looks around yep. like, where's that coming from? And then he realizes that it was the keyboard. So you also have to watch that.
0: I have seen that video and it is pretty hilarious. <laughs> yeah,
1: it's it's so epic. Um, David, thanks so much for taking time to share these tips because this is really helpful. It's going to help me next time I lead worship from keyboard. So, I'll
0: look forward thank to you. hearing how it goes, Matt. Thanks and for And me
1: on. if Yeah, for sure. And everybody who's watching this, make sure you go follow David at Sunday Sounds. SundaySounds.com. That's right. right. Yep. All right, brother. I'll see you later. Thanks for taking the time.
0: Right, we'll see you soon. Yeah, man. Thank you.
1: All right, that was another great Loop Live episode. Thank you so much to David for joining us for that. Some great practical tips there. That's what I love about these Loop Live shows, is we get really practical. And uh, honestly, I really enjoy it because I get to ask the questions that are going to help me personally as I'm leading worship. So I'm asking the questions that I think uh, you guys might find helpful as well. But uh, it's almost like a free uh, tip and uh, training session for me as well. So it's awesome. Anyway, stay tuned Uh, on our YouTube channel. Make sure you hit the subscribe button so that you're notified for future Loop Live shows. We've got a bunch more lined up for the next couple weeks, and uh, they're also available on our podcast and on our Facebook. So make sure you join us there. Type down in the comments, what's one thing that you took away from this this talk with David? What's one tip that you're going to try at your church next weekend? And if you have any other tips, go ahead and type them in the comment box, too. I'd love to hear what you guys think about leading worship from keys. But until next time, see you guys. Hope you have a great week. Hey, what's up, guys? This is Matt. Thanks so much for listening. Hey, let us know what you thought. Write down in the comments, wherever you're listening, watching from, what you thought. Make sure you send us a message. Subscribe to our channel, YouTube, Facebook. And stay tuned for more from Live Community.